stuffed crust tastes like crap. Or if I had a case, we could sit it on the bench. I need to get a case. I mean, instead of this ghetto shit right here. <laughs> like, I need a nice, like, a little Pelican case or something. You know what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a good... Uh, Custom foam insert for Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I'll open yeah. up the Patreon so we can do that because we're yeah. so in the red on this. <laughs> we are, I know. Oh, well, John. Hell, maybe people just buy us beers because that's yeah a, a beer fund. I really think our show suffered due to lack of alcohol. That there's a theory that's been promulgated. <laughs> it's you're not the only one to say that. Yeah. Too much alcohol or too little alcohol. Too much stress. Well, okay, so I think what suffers is not enough alcohol, for one, and probably number two, uh, tempering of words, because we were both in a partner organization. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I guess now, as a customer, I can be a little more expressive. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I also, I think of, like, all my friends who, you know work at Salesforce or other, you know, related organizations that, um, that I know that, you know, do good work and are doing their best. And I try not, yeah. so I try not to throw too much shade, but I try to be fair. I don't know. Maybe I'm not fair I at all. I have no idea. Shade. I think it's just a matter of the, the direction of the company in general, like their ability to focus on internal enhancements and, pro- and productivity tooling for developers versus the next shiny, That's you a, know, that, that brings up a good point though, because you use the word focus. So let's drill down on that. Let's double click on that one, John. Okay. Um, what what do you if you had to if someone said hey John tell me what is Salesforce focused on right now what yeah. do you what do you feel like they're focused on selling licenses <laughs> okay. okay ding ding okay. <laughs> besides that well the, I mean the latest buzz is all about AI and GPT so I would say that since they're rebranding all their clouds GPT some flavor of GPT yeah but if if you if focus if the foc- word focus implies like putting actual like significant financial resources into because I, I don't know that they are on AI. I think they've well, been dabbling with it and they just you know they decided to outsource it to uh, to open AI. So I don't think Salesforce is spending any significant financial resources on anything. They're they're moving a lot of customers and we've seen this uh, more often than not. You probably received an email that you're going to be moved to Hyperforce. Well, I can't wait actually. Which is you're moving from their Salesforce's hardware and data centers to Amazon's. Yeah. Um, services. So yep. Salesforce is trying to improve the story of their bottom line by not having to manage all these data centers oh, yeah. and offloading it to yeah, Amazon. Yeah, that's, I mean, I haven't, um, I don't know if anyone, I don't know how much they've shared about the actual rationale behind that, but I, I suspect also a lot of it is just, I mean, and Salesforce did, a, I would have to say, a pretty great job of managing for a big cloud company, managing lots of data centers, lots of pods. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and a lot of that was with the help of, um, at least at the, at the relational database uh, level with, with Oracle, with some of their technology. I think they're like the only database vendor that has some of this stuff that can kind of ship these logs anywhere, real time, from site mm-hmm. to site, so that you can instantly site switch. Um, but, you know, obviously Salesforce, they have a lot of other systems just besides relational database that they had to probably roll their own on. Uh, but they kind of got pretty good at that whole site switching thing. Um, <clears throat> And just, yeah, just managing that much, uh, that many customers, that much, that many transactions, all that kind of stuff. And that, that's pretty impressive. But I think it just became undeniable that going to public cloud gives them more flexibility. 
So moving um, to the false cloud. And I'm not even sure it saves the money because, you know, li- oh, it does. If, if you, uh, well, what about uh, DHH and what he's saying, how expensive cloud is? And, and, I mean, everyone seems to be on board with that idea now. It's, that it's not a, it's not, an, it's no longer uh, whether or not you can run it cheaper than yourself. It's a matter of scarcity at this point. So okay. what's going on right now in the hardware market, and this is very much hardware specific, is that uh, for a while there you couldn't get certain high-end graphic cards because they were used for Bitcoin mining. Mining. Now those same cards are being allocated towards AI hardware. So it's still getting much more difficult to get hardware, things like GPUs, things like processors and things like that, and all the related memory and hardware and storage and things, because everyone's trying to build out their AI technology stack. And it's causing scarcity. So there's a lot of companies out there that can't run their own data centers simply because they can't get. Even, Even Microsoft, of all companies, is having a hard time getting Azure up to speed on AI because they're having problems getting hardware. And I got to imagine Salesforce is doing the same thing. We have these data centers. A, it's easier to globalize with Amazon because they already got the foothold in those markets, and they can just spin up an environment for them in there, and they don't have to go through all the red tape of doing that. Mm-hmm. And two, even if they wanted to set up their own data center, getting the hardware is an issue. Yeah, and I have to follow my sword here because I'm pretty sure my kids have locked up half of the GPU market inside my house right now. <laughs> Are they mining? No, they're just playing Mine, games. Mi- Minecrafting? Minecraft about, mining? All about games and, you know, these stupidly expensive video cards. Yeah, it's it's you can easily go broke on trying to max out your uh, graphics in a game. Yeah. You can. And, and it doesn't... I get it. I, I've, always, I've played games and I've done... You know, I always... In my head, I want to see full graphic fidelity. I want to see everything. I want to see everything rendered. I want I want ray tracing. I want all of that. But when it comes to the enjoyment of a game, I want the performance. Yeah. I want the frame rate. I want the frame rate. Yeah. So even though I start out with, you know, oh, that's great, that's beautiful, I'll drop it because I want the frame rate. Yeah, but that's why everyone wants these expensive cards because you can you get you can keep the graphic detail while also having high frame rates. Yeah, my, my kids, I mean, they're doing... Um, now, they just have... I, I can't tell you which model it is, but a car that was new probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty good. It's uh, What's the big brand? Is it NVIDIA? NVIDIA it's NVIDIA, yeah. yeah. They've got, it's NVIDIA. Well, you're um, probably in good shape because those cards from two years ago are still pretty much the top. I, think, I mean, it looks like good. Re- what's being released recently are lower... They, they, they're newer models, but they're not as great. Mainly for economic and uh, mainly for economic reasons. No, we're, we're so bad at staying on topic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that I was going to keep going in deeper about all this stuff, but I didn't realize that this is uh, boring and well, totally. We we totally forgot what we we're talking about. What were we talking about? Um, Salesforce. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, the economics of having hyperforce. Right. And I, th- I also think just I mean with obviously you know so AWS's scale is. I don't know, a thousand times Salesforce is probably something like that. I mean, and it's sure. certainly multiple orders of magnitude. So, yeah. so that gives um, that gives Salesforce um, access to just infrastructure and all kinds of additional technologies that Salesforce, even as big as they are, um, to, it d- wouldn't make financial sense. Or, or again, they don't have the buying power or yeah. the contracts right, that AWS has. I think um, that's that, for me. That's the nail on the head is the buying power. The other thing, back to the cost thing, because you know people complain about, especially when you get big, that AWS, when, like when your, what do you call it, your deployment load? That sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it called? 
just anyway, when your your footprint or how whatever how much infrastructure you're buying becomes pretty big, it like makes a lot more sense to bring that back in house, right, in your own right. private data center or a, like a colo or something and just run things yourself. Mm-hmm. But but I think so. It's weird. I, if this, I think I feel like there's a U-shaped curve here. Like um, when you're small, the economics are great for you doing public cloud. Mm-hmm. When you're pretty big, the economics become much worse. Right. When you're really big, economics get much better because you can negotiate. You just basically you can pre-buy. You know, even yeah. even at a, even at a small company, if you're willing to commit to buying certain levels of resources, you get better deals on them. Yeah, and I can do that as a itty bitty company. Imagine as a giant, you know, thirty billion dollar a year company that buy that probably is spending five billion a year on infrastructure. Yeah. What the the kind of deals you can get to to um, to keep the you know the the costs still attractive compared to keeping it in-house. Yeah. So it's, I think, you know, again, I don't know if it's all about cost. I think a lot of it is just about agility and and, and geolo- not geolocation, what's the word? Like, what's the word? Regionalization? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, and just, and just, I don't know. And I think, you know, also, also I think Salesforce continues to try to partner with Amazon on different stuff. Um, and this, I, you know, just probably helps that partnership. Yeah, my per- my perspective is this is purely financial. I mean, I we've already know. went to the rounds of layoffs to improve the story on the bottom line. Well, now they're yeah. looking at the infrastructure and where they can make improvements and cost-cutting measures there. And I, I think it's ultimately just bottom line driven. Yeah, maybe. I don't think Benioff, who decried, is that the right word? Decried the false cloud being Amazon and everyone else who was just selling CPU cycles. Um, he, I mean, he touted that as being the false cloud. It's it, also, it wasn't I mean, a true service. There's things that, that you can get if you're on Hyperforce now that you, you just never could get on an internal pod. And, you know, I don't know if they were sandbagging those, those features or, you know, so that they could say, oh, hey, the, you know, kind of don't worry about Hyperforce in addition to like being, you know, whatever, having more, re- you know, regional stuff and all that, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can get faster. They're trying to give us. Um, so they're trying to sugarcoat this. Not sugarcoat it. That makes it sound like it's not valuable. But you know, fast sandbox refreshes. And there's like, there's like, there's platform event stuff. I forget that's better. There's, um, I think the, the like the event bridge stuff with AWS is, is a lot better. So they're, so they're they're throwing in a lot of things to sure. to make it attractive so yeah. that customers aren't just like, well, what am I getting? You know, this is a potential risk. You're going to switch me and like, you know, I might have URLs to stop working all this kind of, uh, you know, whatever. I might have IP addresses that I didn't know needed to be whitelisted. So this is a yeah. risk for us. What yeah. do I get? What is, what's for me? So I think I think that's Salesforce is intentionally kind of maybe sandbag some some features to uh, make available exclusively on on uh, Hyperforce. Yeah, and I think if it if it causes Salesforce to focus less on the hardware and the data centers and more on the software, I think that's a good thing. As long as they go that route. I and agree. That's where I, that's yeah, where I uh, hope they spend their money. A, hardware's a distraction. It's, it is. It's such a commodity. Yeah. And, and, uh, it, but, you know, when, you know, when Salesforce started in the late 90s, like, you, there was no public cloud. Right. I mean, Salesforce, did they even start? But do you remember the... Um, what was the um, ASP? That was a business and a business model. A- uh, application service provider. Mm, yeah. What was that? Like late nineties, maybe early two thousands. But yeah. Um, for th- for those who are not um, old crustaceans like we are, this was. Um, it kind of cropped up out of ho- out of like just like hardware hosting providers, but they would host whole applications for you. So basically like you could, they'd run their exchange your your exchange server on on their platform and they would manage it too. So it's kind of a managed application provider. Yeah. And then that kind of fell apart because I don't think that thing I don't think that scales very well. 
and also like the actual producers of those applications took that business. Yeah. Like Microsoft will host your Exchange for you now. So you know Salesforce will host your CRM for you now. You don't need to pay someone to run your. Um, what was one of the uh, what was the predecessors to Salesforce? Um, Siebel. Like you don't you know oh, yeah. you don't need to ho- you don't need to pay someone to host your Siebel in their data center because you have Salesforce now. Right. And in fact, if Siebel had gotten, if they'd been able to make handle that transition better. Maybe they'd still be uh, a player today. I don't know. Well, I mean, the market changed too. I mean, software wasn't being distributed as a install anymore. It was it was entirely cloud based. Yeah. So the models changed too. Yeah. The way you get software changed. Yep. I, I think for a good in a good way. Um, so, well, speaking of, of footprints and things like that, I thought I thought this was hilarious. And I kind of wanted to talk about it because I wanted to crap all over it. So that's that's my bias speaking. You can temper me or you can agree with me. Yeah, this Forbes article on the four ways coders can fight the climate crisis. Oh, now, I normally, forgot about that. <laughs> normally, I would take this with a grain of sand and say, okay, yeah, there are things that we can do as developers. And I mean developers in the generic sense. You know, C-sharp developers, assembly developers, you know, all developers. There are things we can do to make our code more efficient. But when you're talking about Salesforce and you're talking about Apex developers in particular, there is nothing for us to do to make our code more efficient. Sure, you can argue less queries, less looping, all that kind of stuff. But the platform is already built with with limits that prevent us from, yeah, from fortunately, consuming too many resources. Fortunately, Cube our size, <laughs> CPU time, all of those things. Fortunately, our platform provider is incredibly stingy with their platform, so we've been forced to make the most efficient software known to mankind. Right. <laughs> so the idea, and this was proposed in this article, that they were going to build these AI tools to analyze your Apex code so that it can tell you how to more efficiently write your code. And I'm calling BS on that because there's really very little uh, return on investment that, that, that can come from that. If you have was a monolithic Salesforce developers? Well, this was written. This article was written by Susan D. Bianca, oh, yeah, yeah. who is an EVP and Chief Impact Officer at Salesforce. Yeah, Chief Impact Officer. But one, you know, the first, the first uh, point on this article on how you can improve your environmental impact that your code has is adopt new technology like AI. Yeah. Now, do you want to know how <laughs> what I did? <laughs> So the first thing I did when I read that was I Googled AI impact or AI carbon footprint. Isn't it, isn't it like orders of magnitude worse than the yes. Bitcoin mining yes. impact? Yeah, it's way worse, yeah. and that's easily done. Just type into Google uh, AI or AI carbon footprint impact or whatever, and you'll get a ton of articles talking about how highly resource intensive this technology is. So we're so we're destroying the planet, and there will be no jobs left. Right. That's great. Let's, I, I need another beer, John. <laughs> Actually, I do pretty quickly. <laughs> another one was that I thought was hilarious. Design with emissions in mind. Um, so this is like this is equivalent to me. And so again, what does I'm that mean? Be, like, a don't eat that second bean burrito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is the equivalent of buying a Tesla and thinking you're saving the planet because you drive an electric car when the electric grid is powered by gas and coal. And coal. Yeah. A minority share of wind and solar. We have, some, we, have, we have a decent amount of wind here in, in the great state of Tejas. Wind generators or wind in general? Both. Okay. The, we have wind, therefore we have... Well, this is a windy-ass state, man. It kind of bugs me. <laughs> it's so windy here all the time. Like, I'm trying to, like, spray some weed killer, and it's, like, blowing all over my trees and everything. It's just a mess. Uh, um, but, yeah, we, we... I don't know. We have a lot of natural gas, though. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, I don't know. My understanding is it's pretty clean these days yeah and i'm all for diversifying our our energy resources and where we get and how we store it and and 
choosing an application that fits it. You know, there, there's not going to be one solution that solves it all. Electric cars isn't the answer to everything. It's certainly not the answer to transportation of goods like truck, you know, uh, 18-wheeler trucks in specific or trains or anything like that. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not efficient. So the idea that, well, we have to, that just, uh, you, just by getting everything on electric is going to solve the problem is, is idiotic. Right now, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we I, I think in general it is. We, just, we, don't, we, don't have the, we don't have the energy storage capacity that fossil fuels provide right now. I mean, that pro, you know, right. the problem with even right. electric cars is just it's battery. It's always battery problems. Yeah. Um, they don't store enough. They're terrible. They're actually terrible for the environment. Yeah. Um, they're, too, they're way too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, when they catch on fire, the fire department literally can't put it out. They just let your car burn out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> yeah. And that's my only problem with these technologies. It's not that they exist or not that, that people buy them with good intentions. It's the propaganda that surrounds them, that somehow you're doing something that's going to impact things in a positive way. When it, there's no, it's impossible for it to do that in well, the now, sense that they're advertising. Well, now that Elon is the is the boogeyman, um, I think everyone's going to stop buying their Tesla. So, well, even Elon has to admit that the electric grid is the problem. He's already uh, putting out feelers that he wants to try to tackle and improve on the electrical grid. He's, I mean, he the fact to, that Californians yeah. in the height of this heat wave have been told not to charge their cars. They were told to buy electric. In fact, yeah. their state prevents them from buying non-electric vehicles or hybrids in their state. You cannot do that in California. Yep. I believe that's passed already or goes into effect next year or something. But, and then whenever the electric gets, gets, gets taxed, it's, oh, hey, stop charging your cars, people. This is why I won't use a connected thermostat. I know you have connected thermostats. Connected? Oh, yeah. Although I do get, I, I keep getting about every three months, I get a, I get a, uh, a, a letter in the mail from my power company. No, it's not. It's from the company that makes my thermostat. But yeah. I think it's in cahoots with all these, <laughs> you know, NGOs and they're yeah. doing questionable work in this area. But, it, you know, it's it'll, they'll give me like a 0.1% discount off my energy bill if I put their connected thermostat in. And then if you read the fine print, it's that they can control it. They can. Wow. It, it forces me into, it opts me in to, I say opt, opt is not the right word. It forces you into... Um, you know, if the if the grid if it's a little hot on a certain day and the grid's mm-hmm. a little bit under strain, like they'll just turn your thermostat off. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I'm like, I got I got things I can do, man. I can I can, but it, but yeah, you know, when I sleep at night, I'm, that thermostat's going down. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> because every sleep expert will tell you you have, you need to sleep in a cold room. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think what's nice about mine is I can set the timing, and so I can have colder a colder schedule for the evening and a, and a normal schedule during the day. But yeah, uh, so third point is sustainable code is key, and I mean that's that's a problem we've been dealing with as developers for forever. We have a significant amount of technical debt. We're trying to get this stuff out on a, on a very short timeline, despite all of the research papers and books and everything else to tell us to be agile and quick to market and and MVPs and all that kind of stuff. We all end up with a significant amount of really lowly low efficient code that functions gets the job done but is maybe not the most efficient well yeah because um you know what if you can make that code a little bit more efficient but it would take you twice as much time it would cost twice as much to to produce is that does that make sense is that where companies i, are I, spend I don't the know money? i don't know it, it depends i mean yeah. um, i mean to me it's a platitude it, it, it's it's nice it's a thing that, that it's nice to say but the reality of how we develop software, the, develop, the reality of how we manage our technical debt and where we spend resources, 
it, it, it never happens. It rarely happens that you can take a functioning piece of code that works just fine and the business says, yeah, we're going to invest another 10 grand to improve that by one point whatever milliseconds or seconds. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. No, it makes no sense. Um, it's like, you know, does it, is, it really, is it really helping the, the planet for us to sh- ship our recycling on giant freighters to China? Well, that's going to be another point. So and, the and they just, they just end up burning of, it or burying it. Recycling yeah. is just a scam. But well, we, we're learning that it's much more of a scam than what we thought. It was always a scam. Yeah. Um, the whole recycling movement was invented by plastic makers as a way to, to ease the... To the, greenwash themselves. We're not bad. To greenwash, our plas- exactly. Our plastic is good. Look, we put in, so much work into, into making them recyclable. And this is how I was going to bring that topic up, is in the same way that tech companies are buying trees and, and saying, oh, we got net zero carbon footprint because they're buying trees. It's the same thing that the plastics industry did with recycling. Well, did you see, um, this was a couple of weeks ago, but... There was a study done of e- of companies with the top ESG scores, which I'm sure Salesforce has an outstanding ESG scores. Oh, I'm they, sure. They, they have some of the worst uh, carbon. Yeah. And, and, but, but again, if you, if you look nope, at... it's Amazon's problem if now. If you look at like all the flights, <laughs> the flights people take that, you're, that a company is responsible for. Their actual impact, it's like, okay, yeah, and you're not even remotely close to net zero. This, this accounting you're doing to get there is an absolute joke. Right. But I mean, I'm all for planting more trees. So I think it's great. No, but I am too. Um, I, I think the idea that somehow they're, they're negating their impact on the environment is just, yeah, no. It's just, it's, it's it disingenuous. And it, 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 it's almost insulting to... The general community, I think, that I they think we're going to buy this and somehow feel good about it. Well, there's just, there's just, I mean, this whole space. There's so much bullshittery. Um, you know, it's it's a score and a system, which scores and systems always get gamed. And if there's if there's not good policing of it, then it's just it becomes a big fraud fest. Yeah. And the last point on this article, which is where I was going to bring up these topics, and we won't have to get into it again, but it was we're in a climate we we we're we are in a climate crisis, and we need everyone on board if we're going to get to net zero. And to me, that's a big uh, that's just an fu. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. These platitudes, these these high level points of how we can just make the environment better just by writing one less line of code or pushing it onto AI to make our code more efficient. Compilers have been designed to do that for years, and Salesforce as a system was impl- was built, purpose built, to reduce the amount of resources that developers consume on the system. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's been many years now since we kind of crossed that tipping point of. We're, yeah, I mean, we well, we've been warned about premature optimization for for yeah. thirty years plus now, thanks to Fred Brooks and some other smart people a long time ago. Um, Clean code, yeah. Um, and, and and those were early promises. Except, I, I, even then, I think they made sense. But what has caught up is, like you mentioned, like um, compiler technology and these. I mean, most code nowadays, um, with, with obviously exceptions, is, is managed code. So it runs on a managed platform that is constantly, I mean, .NET is amazing. The Java VM is amazing mm-hmm. at, in real time, looking at what, you know, like Java's or Oracle's official JVM is called Hotspot. And, it's, mm-hmm. and it got that name, you know, two decades ago, I think, because it, it looked at where the hotspots were in the code as it's running. Like, not not 
a static compil- compilation where it can statically look and see, well, man, that's a, this looks like you're doing something in a loop here or whatever. No, that's theoretical. That's premature optimization. Right. What actually is hot? Where are the hot spots when it's running? Right. We, we will optimize those in real time. So you get, yep. even got that. It's not just the compilers have gotten way better. It's also that these... The runtimes. Yes, yeah. the runtimes are really... I mean, so much investment has been made into the making those really uh, performant, which means efficient. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's akin to outsourcing some process to an external company and saying, hey, I need... Here's your input, and here's the output I need, and you let them handle all the in-betweens of making that efficient. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I hate, but if you I hate, try, I hate if you outsourcing. Try, uh, if you try to pre-optimize for that company and saying, okay, we know that you're going to have to do X, Y, Z steps, so we're going to do that for you, and you hand it off to them expecting them to make that better, chances are you're actually going to make it harder for them yeah. because it, it's outside of their process. It, it doesn't have those key indicators that it can look at to say, I know how to make this better. Uh, one of my favorite stories, um, God, I can't remember where I, who told me this, but worked at a company that um, they had, they made some kind of hardware and uh, they had right device drivers for it because these things plugged into computers. I, don't, I forget if it was you know input devices or I forget what it was. Um, and they were kind of halfway through developing a, a driver for this new product and the management made the decision to to take what you know the progress they'd made and outsource the completion of it to you know, some firm on the other side of the on the world right and and the guy said you know we're where we had gotten to you know it was a it was um you know about half implemented and it was all interrupt based you know because like um when um you know when you when you need to communicate with uh the computer at a device level you really want to be working on on interrupt uh, a basis um and what they got back <laughs> From this outsourced company for this completed driver is they they knew they knew nothing about interrupt based development and so they converted it all to polling so like oh. so like yeah so the mouse basically is just or the drivers just polling both the CPU and the, the device like a hundred times a second instead of just operating on interrupts <laughs> so it's like instead of working on an event based system right to, you know. Um, Hey, you know, I'm gonna let's do change data capture. Every time a record changes, you know, let let me know. Instead of doing that, just doing a hundred SQL queries a second. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How's that going to work out for a battery uh, performance? Do you think? <laughs> not very well. No. All right, I'm a, let's pause for the beer cause. Let's see. Yeah, I got the cryo pop. What style is it? It's an IPA. Okay. So cryo, I'm assuming it's referring to cryo hops, mm-hmm. which are uh, it's a totally different way of processing. Them. Normally, the way hops are processed is they, they they pick them, and then they, as quickly as possible, go into like a, uh, like a drying, giant drying machine, where they increasingly dry them at lower temperatures because they're trying to keep all the those volatile flavor and Concentrate aroma compounds and, and keep them in instead of like heating them off. But they do have to dry them out because mm-hmm. they're normally, then they, they bail them. Um, and then, and or um, package them. Um, but they're all, they're usually pelletized. You can get whole cone hops, like the whole flower. Mm-hmm. Um, some breweries do those, but I mean, 95% of the hops probably are, are pelletized. So these like little, 
almost like a think of like a little dog food pellet or something, but yeah. it's just like a little yeah. hop pellet. Um, whereas cryo hops are, they take the, the the hop cones that they harvest and immediately uh, cryo freeze them somehow, and then um, it turns into like a powder, and they somehow can leave a ton of the vegetal matter behind and keep what is mainly remains is like just cryo powder frozen goodness <laughs> <laughs> hey john um i think we, we have a, a point of business that i don't want to lose here when is dreamforce no clue are september? you is there any chance you can go it's uh, september I don't know. I didn't put any time in for it. So I believe that October 24th is the Good Day Sir 10-year anniversary. Oh, wow. No, there's no way we've been doing this for 10 years. Go look. I don't want to look. I'm old. Yeah, it's 10 years. So that would have been, what, 2013? Yep. You're right. I think it was 2013 when we started. Wow. Yep. No, we need to have our own event, not Dreamforce oh, event, our well, own event. Well, I know, but the thing is, like, <laughs> you have your events where people can get to. Mm. When is, is, is there a TDX this year, or did that already happen? I agree. Did TDX already happen? Uh, I think it did, didn't it? Trail. It's yeah, not TDX anymore. it happened anymore, already. Didn't you go? I, I did, but I just don't remember when it was. <laughs> it was in February, I think. Pretty sure it was in February. TD. Um, it was in March. Yeah. Okay, March. Save the date for 2024. We don't know the date yet. Yeah, so that's too far away. So Dreamforce would make sense. Well, we can we can plan an official 10-year 10 10-year 10 sitting in front of this mic talking we're talking out our butts. We still suck. Talking out our butts about things we don't know what we're <laughs> yeah, talking about. Right. I think that's just programming in general. I've I've had so much lately, and maybe this can play into my next topic of just I don't I don't want to call it poser syndrome, but I've been trying really not really hard. I shouldn't say that, but I've been working on trying to understand more patterns and more design principles and things than I have ever have before. And that's mainly because the code base I'm working on right now needs a lot of work. Mm. It was built by a lot of different vendors um, with oh, a lot of ineffi- a different inefficiencies. What a mess and I have no idea how to pick it apart. And I, there's, there's another uh, senior engineer who started relatively the same time I did. And he's got some of the same issues as well with the code base. There's just a lot of inefficiency. There's things we can be doing better in terms of patterns, our Git strategy, so you guys are, all that you guys kind of are currently killing the climate, right? Killing the planet. No, with we're going with base. slow because we've got some major initiatives that the business is driving that we have to get done. Okay. And no one wants to listen to us say we need to make this better when when we have to meet these deadlines. And we because and from the business perspective, they're saying that they can't meet the company goals unless these things get fixed and so we have to fix them or we're at fault yeah so <laughs> there's there's no interest right now and this plays into some of this environmental crap because yeah. <laughs> we're trying to uh, survive not survive we're not in the brink but we're trying to as a company continue to, to bring in value continue to bring in money you know into the company so we can pay our salaries yeah. you know and that takes priority and when we have initiatives or we have goals in mind and those, the development that we're doing right now is uh, specifically designed to help help the business meet those goals. 
there's no room for things like make this method better because it might save us a second. Now, if it'll save the business minutes, you know, in their their particular task, and that adds up, then yeah. And, and if those we minutes can make matter, if those minutes matter, right? And, you exactly. Know, not not all minutes, minutes matter. matter. You know? And there's been plenty of use cases where we're like, all minutes matter. It does. <laughs> and there's been plenty of use cases where the business is like, we'd like this process to be faster, but we have these things that we have to have flexibility. And we're like, well, we could spend a month engineering that, but it's not going to solve for those particular manual steps that you have. And they're like, yeah, well, we can just deal with it manually. Is If you fix this part, then this part, this manual part we have to do is not as bad. Yeah. So there's a negotiation. There's a balance. There's a compromise between what we can build and what the return on that build would be. Yep. And none of this stuff... Because it's such generic, vague platitudes, takes that into to account. Yeah. Not even within Salesforce internally. I'm sure oh. there are things that the development team would love to do to fix to improve. Like making setup not horrible. Yeah. They're just How about not giving the budget we to do. About support. Yeah. No, we shouldn't. You're shaking. You. I don't <laughs> even want to get chat. I don't. I haven't. I, there's not enough beer in this place for me to talk about support. Yeah, this is where video would be nice because you said you want to talk about this. And, and I'm your shaking head my shaking, head now. You're shaking your head. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing with body language. Or whatever they call I'm, them. I'm not good at body language. I, I'm controlling my body language. Like the truth just always comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we had. Yeah, there was uh, not. To, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a beating up on Salesforce fest. Um, but man, there are a lot of so much bad news the past week or two. Did you see all this stuff? Well, you. Um, what was the other one we were talking about? I don't know. But like, so there's you know more layoffs, right? Um, yeah. Uh, the this uh, lawsuit um, about sex trafficking was uh, the an appeals court ruled that the lawsuit is going to move forward. I think I'm in the dark on that one. Yeah. I mean, I, in, you know, this is one of those things I, I don't know. So, you know, are you familiar with this website, Backpage? Uh, I just know because it was in the news. I feel like it was years ago. I feel like they were shut down years ago. It was almost like a Craig's... Craig's I, I don't know. I'm guessing. Some kind of directory, like a Craig's... What's it called? Craig's, Craigslist. Craigslist yeah. for, like, sex services and stuff. But apparently, you know, the, the, or the accusation is, I don't know if this is true, is that... Um, there was a lot of sex trafficking, like child sex trafficking happening, happening on oh, that wow. site. And, you know, this, whoever this, or I don't know who's suing them, but they're claiming that Salesforce knew that this was sex trafficking and Salesforce was, by providing them services and stuff, was helping them do it. Oh, I can't believe Salesforce no, would me know neither. It. No, me neither. I don't, I can't imagine that lawsuit is going to be one. So, yeah. anyway, it just, but it just sucks for it to be in the news. Um, let's see. Uh, a zero-day exploit to fish Facebook credentials from from Salesforce. Mm. Yeah, um, I heard about that. A lot of a lot of these, you know, like this more more of these DEI people are being like fired or quiet. You know, there's what was it? You know, Salesforce quietly terminated the employment of a popular diversity a diversity executive. I guess that's. I mean, they were new. They were they were new positions. I. I, I I'm not going to wait into that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. I also noticed that Salesforce had some really perfectly timed positive news articles. Oh, of course. To <laughs> to Google wash away those. Yeah. So what were the positive ones? Um, Salesforce debuts Sales Elevate, bringing its uh, cloud into Slack. Salesforce launches Starter, which it had already been announced. Yeah. But they just, like, oh. Do yeah. another press release. Yeah. You know, do some, or, you know, they're not even doing press releases. They're, 
Just got, they got to pick up the phone and say, hey, we need, we need an article on Starter. Yeah. You want us to pay your way at Dreamforce? We need an article. Yeah. <laughs> Which we learned. There's, there's, a, <laughs> oh, there's, 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 there's a tiered level to what kind of journalist you are at Dreamforce. Because we had journalist creds that one year, but we didn't get invited to the journalist party. Where they bust him and, and no, we were whole we were thing. absolutely second second class journalists. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Oh crap! How did these guys get on the list?" Don't ever make that mistake again. <laughs> uh, uh, they're podcast shaming. They're podcast shamers. Yeah, it's like yeah. But I think Salesforce is like, uh, we're going to do a couple of our own podcasts now, and all the all the other ones are now dead. They're dead to us. And they're like, last-ditch effort. Let's put Jeremy on the MVP list. And they're like, shit, that didn't work. Okay, fire him as soon as possible. Don't, do not renew his MVP. <laughs> you could have been renewed. You didn't do the work. No, I, you're right. I did not do my annual self-review. My, uh, yeah. But it's not something to... It's I'm not, not like I'm a new so, job. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you do that, because I think you and I are similar in that way. Like, I'm really bad at selling myself. I'm not going to... I'm horrible I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, compliment myself or anything. I can't do that. Um, well, and, when, and when I have to, like for in business situations, it, I'm, it's always so uncomfortable for me. And I, I try to fake it like, I, <laughs> like I'm not uncomfortable, but it's so awkward for me to have to do that. I think it was my frame of mind. I was, I was contributing, and I, since I was contributing and the forum asked me what my contributions were, I put them there. It wasn't necessarily like I was trying to brand myself or you know put myself out there it's just I was doing things that I wanted to do and I would list them on the forum and that would continue they would see that and I guess through evaluation saying okay yeah he can still be in the program so at least that's the way I look at it I'm not good at advertising or marketing myself or creating a brand around myself I'm really horrible at it I didn't turn the assignment in so I got yeah you didn't do your homework zero yeah No AP credit for you. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> what what is this sales elevate? Sales elevate. Yeah, I mean, of course, I've heard this now for it's years. Sales, sales, but elevated. how long have you been hearing this, John? Sales. This is literally the first sentence of this article. Salesforce is deeply integrating Sales Cloud with Slack. I've heard that a hundred times. I don't believe it anymore. I kind of don't either. I mean, I remember. I'm old enough to remember when Mark Bunnell told us Slack will be the the UI of Salesforce. It is the new UI of Salesforce. Yeah. And then you know, you know what made me disbelieve that when one of our uh, no that, that you're a software engineer and you know that's freaking impossible. That's what made you disbelieve well, it. Oh, the way I learned it was impossible was one of when one of our uh, business analysts said, "Hey, we want we want to do this chat bot. We want them to use Slack as the interface." And turns out you can't do that unless you build an entire uh, application. There's no quick button to turn a chatbot, a Salesforce chatbot, into a Slack channel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything That's about that. That's a quick win. That should be a quick win. Why doesn't that exist? I don't know, maybe it does now. Have you checked recently? Not recently. I don't care anymore. I mean, Salesforce has. I mean, I, I do. Uh, and I see the announcements at Dreamforce and, and different. You know, whatever about about I don't know about that. They um, didn't understand Slack and how they could use it, and they just completely missed the boat. I do think they overvalued Slack? Well, that's obvious. I'm just not sure they're going to get the value out of out of the acquisition cost. But even the quick wins, 
the quick wins. The, the, no, they've got a lot of stuff. I mean, if, if you want to do um, custom stuff on Slack, and if you want to do integration and things like that, it they've added a lot of stuff that's pretty cool. Okay, I'll, I'll say that I haven't touched and, it recently to know what hey, that is, but and, I'll tell you one thing. They treated Slack like an extension or a new version of Chatter. Instead of letting it be the communication platform that it was. they can't kill Chatter, though. That's a problem. They can't kill Chatter. Right. But, I mean, they like, did why, the Why is it not just Slack? In, like, in, on a, when you're on a record and you, have, and you normally have a little Chatter sidebar, why is it not just a little Slack sidebar for that record? Right. Like, that's the obvious thing to do, that right? That's the obvious thing yeah. to do. Okay. But they were so focused on getting Salesforce data on Slack instead of letting it be the communication platform that it is. Instead of integrating the pieces that people want, like... Just the chatbot itself. That's a that should be a no brainer win, and it wasn't there. It just wasn't there. I, I, I don't. I just. I don't. They never, were so busy trying to trying to let you create a record in Salesforce from Slack that they forgot the quick wins, the stuff that people use Slack for I communication. I just don't think that's fair. I don't think they for now. And I, I can I will acknowledge that in your opinion, that's that is a quick win, and I'm not even disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that I think there's a lot of other quick wins that they did exploit. I agree. I'm, I'm just using that as an example because that's what I anecdotally have first exposure to where someone said, hey, we have a business case where we want to use Slack and we want to use Salesforce. Yeah. And that's fair. You're, you're like, this should be easy, right? This should be easy. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. But everyone thinks that their use case is the, is the obvious easy one. I, I certainly do. I'm guilty of that. I know that. Fix all the things that affect me, please. <laughs> Well, now you're just an apologist for them. No, I'm not. I'm just... <laughs> That's um, clearly not the case. I'm using that as an example to say that Salesforce went in, did not have a clear objective with Slack other than to buy Slack because Slack was Slack. Well, who was... I'm trying to think. What, what executive at the time would have been driving that Slack acquisition? Would it, would it have been... It was Brett Taylor, it was for Brett, sure. Brett, oh yeah. And it, okay. was this, it was a major acquisition on a communication platform during a time where everyone was trying, everyone was moving to remote because of COVID, and they were trying to have solutions in place so, to answer these things. So juicy speculation. Maybe, maybe uh, the reason Brett's no longer at Salesforce is because it turned out that the these giant acquisitions he was pushing um, didn't... There's not a there's not a there's not an actual feasible plan there to make them make a financial sense. No, because that 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 acquisition because it was so overvalued required board approval, and it required Benioff to stand yeah. up, stand up there and make the case for it, which he did. Sure, that's true. He's got to make that case yeah. at, at that at that price of things, right? Yeah. But I mean, are you agreeing with me? Or I'm not sure what point you're making. Are you disagreeing with me? I'm 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 saying that it's not entirely Brett. Fault. I'm saying that they well, the, sure. the, yeah, the board, stops with the, Benioff, right? the board itself approved that that yes. amount and approved that acquisition because they they in my opinion wanted to make a name. They wanted to make a major acquisition with a well known name to boost Salesforce's Salesforce as a company's brand. Yeah. For the investors, yeah. and basically to continue to overinflate their stock. And the other thing that's interesting is. You know, when you when you buy a company for almost what it, I mean, what was how many what was it thirty billion on twenty eight billion something like that fifty, but I could be <laughs> nah, I forget. No, no, whatever. It was, it was huge. Some giant number like that. Yeah, it's weird that the SEC doesn't require you if if you have a business unit, and I forget, I don't know what the exact terminology is, but the SEC does require that business units that are a certain percentage 
reach a certain uh, percentage of the company's revenue, like they have to be reported. You have to report on them uh, tr separately, not separately, but you, you they can't be buried. They can't be buried. Like we need numbers on that business unit. That's why Salesforce, you know, they their business units they're kind of bullshit. I mean, sales cloud, service cloud. Um, Platform, which is just like, yeah, what is that? That's that's where they throw all the stuff that they don't want anyone to know how bad they perform are. Database.com, Heroku, and now we're Slack. It's Slack. Is there a Slack cloud that gets? I could, and I, I haven't honestly. I haven't. I'm not I sure. I've read so. a recent Salesforce 10Q, but I don't think they report it separately. I, yeah, I don't think so. So how do you have a business unit? If, if I'm right about this, I could be wrong. I don't have a business, you know, that freaking big. That's that chunk. And now, just because they, here's the <laughs> here's the kicker. Just because they paid thirty billion dollars for it. I mean, what was Sachs revenue? Like, was it like one billion or something? So I mean, it actually may be a small a small enough amount of revenue that they that they don't have to report it as a business unit. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know that it was performing all that great. I think, like all other platforms, because it had that free model, it was struggling to monetize. People were, were have gotten by with the free I, model I and they were struggling to monetize. I think Slack did a better job than any of these other chatty things at monetizing. They got people to pay. Companies pay sure. for Slack. Companies definitely pay they really for it. Because remember before Slack there was uh, Hip hip chat that was a big one it was uh, Atlassian's I think hip chat actually predated Slack they're very similar but somehow Slack came out and just just but took, took I, over man I think you gotta remember that when Slack was being evaluated and became the unicorn that it that it became it was about usage user numbers you know how many users they were acquiring how many users were on the platform and a lot of those were like people like you and I who had Slack they weren't related to businesses. We were using them for other things. So their volume, their user count volume was really high, the numbers. But the monetized portion of it didn't match up because there was only so many companies that were paying for it at that time. Yeah. I, I, I want to say Slack's revenue was like a, a billion, which is you know nothing to sneeze at. But, I mean, do you pay $28 billion for it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I, I don't know. I don't know if those are the right numbers or not. I have no idea. Someone can uh, fact check us. Yeah, but for where context, were we? we're a few beers in, so we are. Uh, the, okay, I was I was trying to talk about the Cells Elevate bringing its cloud. Its ah, yeah, Salesforce debuts Cells Elevate bringing its cloud into into Slack. Yeah, deeply integrating Sales Cloud with Slack. Um, they're launching Slack. Oh, it's Slack Cells Elevate. Wow, that really is a creative name there, guys. The it's a new experience in the work collaboration platform that will enable sales executives and managers to keep tabs on active opportunities and close deals deals more seamlessly. Wait a minute. You're talking about the leading number one CRM in the world needs help to keep sales executives and managers to keep tabs on deals better. Okay. I don't know. Uh... The offering, it's almost like they were just putting this article out to like cover up some bad news in the press. I don't, I don't know. Um, the offering, which goes into general, it's available. Okay. Additional 60 bucks a month, which means they don't want anyone to actually use it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's probably not real. Um, over Slack's regular paid plans, 60 bucks extra, um, and will save executives from going back to sales. Oh, they try to keep you out of sales cloud. <laughs> you can't make this up. <laughs> 
will save sales executives from going back to sales. Wait, I was told they were integrated, John. What I is know. this back to sales cloud? Slack I was told is, they Slack were integrated. Slack is the new UI. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot make this up. Yep. Will save sales executives from going back to sales cloud for day-to-day tasks, such as updating their pipelines and adding deal values. I was told Slack was the UI of Salesforce. I know. And you know what? Slack is such a great place for, for application interfaces. This, 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 uh, wait, wait, say that again. It's such a great place for application interfaces. Slack is? Yeah. Is that sincere? No. Okay. <laughs> there are plenty of apps we have integrated with our, and speaking to the company that I work for, we have a ton of apps integrated with, with our Slack. Some of them are just are not critical. Like we have this app called Bonusly. Where we can give each other points and kudos and things like oh, that. Oh, that's so special. It actually, it, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh-oh. At first, that was my perspective. But when my my boss's boss, the director, is, is sending me kudos on things that I had to take over because my boss was on vacation and all of a sudden I was thrown into the fire. Uh, it gave you the warm fuzzies, didn't it, It gave John? me the warm fuzzies to know that I wasn't completely screwing things up. Because I was, I was faking it all. Yeah. You know, I didn't have enough understanding on, on the current... Implementation of our system, how CPQ was configured, the the business rules, or anything else, I had to lead these design sessions on a critical object or critical. Uh, what do I want to say? Initiative okay. that that has to be done by a certain due date. The the death march. We're on the death march, yep. and um, I had to lead those discussions. And I had zero preparation, zero knowledge, and I just had to rely on people. I just was had to it, organize was it death them. march because the first rule of death marches is you don't ever live through death marches. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to live through it, but okay. we're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's kicking and screaming. We're going to okay. get there. Surprisingly, we've done a good job at um, breaking up these large these large epics into smaller tasks, and the team has been really good about picking them up to the point where as soon as I put a task out for Ready for Dev, it gets picked up, and it's, it's in code review within a couple of days. So it's... That's good. It's moving. Yeah. Now, whether or not it passes QA is a different story, right. yeah. but it's moving. Yeah, okay. And so I'm encouraged by that. Um, wow, this but might- anyways, this app, it has an interface where you can give kudos in the app. I shouldn't say kudos because there is another app called Kudos that does the same thing. A lot of you give the little um, little candy bar treats to people, the kudos? Something like that. Yeah. You, you get a certain amount of points. You, you remember can- those, by the way? Yeah, I do. Kudo bars? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's rich kid candy. Is it? I, I think that's 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 those, those still exist. I mean, those were from our, our childhood, right? Kudos. I think so, but I never had a kudos. I had I, I had cheap candy. I don't ever give you kudos, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're so important, especially to you now. When you like a bag of M Ms, that, that was luxury. Yeah, you got you can you could really make that last. You could, you could, yeah, because yeah. there's so many little units, yeah. you know. Savor, pop one in and savor it. Yeah. You don't bite through that candy shell. You let it dissolve slowly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the wax candy with the liquid inside that you get at the gro- at the oh, gas stations. God, those are like that's like world. Those are like that's like World War II era candy, man. It is. But if you're if those you're the terrible. rich kid, you take off the top and you drink all the liquid and you're done. Yeah. If you're a poor kid, you like bite it so that it like seals in the rest of the liquid yeah. and you can chew on it, and then you take your next bite and chew on it. I, you know, I wonder uh, the, the millennials and zennials that, that are listening to this, like, they're probably, I mean, we, listen, I'm, we're not making this up, folks. We literally chewed on wax. Yes. Because that's what we could afford. That was the cheapest shit on the, at the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> wax and sugar water. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but, Yeah. <laughs> 
So anyways, the interface is pretty horrible. I end up logging into the actual application itself just so I can get a better interface on on creating what should be a simple plus 20 to Jeremy. Thanks for doing an awesome, cho- awesome job. Hashtag build, build better or whatever our hashtags are. Build back better? Build back better or whatever. <laughs> it's something along those lines. Oh, it's wow. be better. It's like a mixture of build back better and be better or something together. Oh, you d- Don't give someone the kudo of be better. That's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying our, our, our current hashtag motto is something along those lines. It's like build better together or something like that or I don't remember what it is but it's, it's, it's some yeah. political consultant running y'all's internal communications it's the internal cult the mantra of the cult God. you know that I'm, I'm just allergic to that stuff it just it I used I to remember, be, remember, I just play it, the game. You now. remember the company that you, where you and I met? I mean, their bullshit big sign of like qualities number one or this dumb shit <laughs> and then all the six sigma stuff it's like it's all bullshit yeah yeah <laughs> I, I've, so, so at this point in my career, I've kind of just been going with the flow on everything. But I will say, I do like the bonus, the bonus yeah. points. Yeah, no, I like this. Like, it does it, have tangible rewards. Like the company has like a store where you can, uh, you can, the, I think the Bonusly app, um, like lets the company set up a store where you can actually turn redeem credits, points, redeem those credits into something real world. Um, so, yeah. Is that like when you um, win all the skee ball tickets and you go in and like yeah, exactly. you go in with exactly like eighty pounds is. of skee ball tickets and they let you get like a, a two inch plushie? Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> it cost me like eighty dollars in skee ball to get these tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Man, it's 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 feedback, it, and it's yeah. it seems like everyone participates in it. And that's well, what makes it valuable is when people participate we, in it. Are we yeah, so we're we're a very slack, as you know, it's a very yeah. slack heavy company, and we we try to do, we have a whole like shout outs thing, and mm-hmm. we try to be good at that. Yeah, and we let anyone we we have our custom emojis op- open to any anyone can add, which is, <laughs> I mean, at some point we're going to hit the size of company where that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> You start getting inappropriate yeah, stuff. I was, I, was, I was trying to think of a few. A couple of new eggplant uh, emojis. <laughs> yes, yes. We know what you mean, John. Actually, no. I don't know what that would take form. What? Well, the, the eggplant emoji is mostly like a sophomoric yeah. male thing you know what? to do. My wife and I, just this afternoon, had a discussion about eggplants. And I mean, really, eggplants. And, and some, it did not devolve. Somehow, I don't know this. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but it, it was like, hey, did you know that in France, or you no, know, in England, they call them? There's, uh, I forget. They, they use the French word for eggplant. It sounds, I forget what it is now. Everyone's going to screaming it into their podcast yeah. player right now. Um, and then, like Italian, you know, we're, I can't think we're the only country that calls them eggplants. I guess I don't know. But then we got in an argument. I'm like, they don't even look anything like eggs. And she's like, yes, they do. They look like eggs. I'm like, have you ever seen an egg in this shape? I mean, yeah, it's got a little bulbous thing at the bottom, but it's it's long. Yeah. That's, that's not an egg. egg. What, kind of, what kind of reptile lays an egg like this? Well, it depends. Because <laughs> when they're being laid, they're soft. They don't harden until later. So maybe during the process as it's laying, it's kind of elongated. No, eggs are come out hard. No, they don't come yes, out hard. They no, do. they don't. You think they look form at a turtle a heart. laying in our, an egg? Well, turtle shells are incredibly turtle eggs are incredibly uh, incredibly thin. They're never hard. They I've, hash in like a I've day. I've seen documentaries where they lay the eggs and it comes out kind of kind of long and smooshy and then gets rounded and hard. 
you, you think it, 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 what it cures when it's exposed to oxygen or something? What are you, are yes. you trying to say? I don't yes. believe this. I don't believe. Okay, some biologist, please weigh in here. <laughs> or uh, what do you call someone who studies? Rep, I'm pretty rep- sure eggs come out soft and harden outside of the body. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with that. This is How, this is fake news. That just seems really uncomfortable for whoever's laying the egg well, if it comes out yeah, that hard. Yeah. That's what happens when. That's because uh, Eve ate that apple. Have you ever lived on a farm? I, I've never lived on a farm. Well, I've, I've lived on a I've ranch. I've spent months on a farm, we but I've never lived. We, as as I've lived, grown so adults in our forties, we should know this. For short periods of time, I've lived on farms. Yeah. And I had to collect eggs. I had to run from the bull that would chase me. Um, I had to feed, feed the horses. Fence. I had to go climb. I had to climb up into the loft above where the horses are. With all the broken, you had to watch out too because there's so many broken um, beams or whatever. Beams yeah. or whatever. Not the not the beams, but the, just the slats. Okay. And yeah. like, and and you just walked on the unbroken ones, hoping that this wasn't the day that it was that one was going to break. But you had to get up there to fork the hay down oh, into yeah. the horses. I don't even know what you call these things. That the trough, the trough. Yeah. But it's not a trough. It's like a this thing that hold. You, you throw the hay down into it, and it, it just holds it. And it's got wood slats with like spaces in between them, so they can pull the hay. It's big enough space so they can pull so the, like a hopper. It's kind of like a hopper in a way. Huh. But the, there's there's a big space between the slats, so big enough for this host, a horse can get its whole snout in there and grab hay, but not not big enough that the hay just comes. Falling onto the floor. Gotcha. But anyway, um, yeah, I did all that, man. Um, castra, I've castrated uh, or participated in ca- no bulls. Oh, yep, castrated yeah. bulls. Um, I've had to go out and check on the cattle. Um, I've fed my grandma's million cats that she had at the farm. <laughs> Um, I've had to pick up cats that my grandpa actually accidentally ran over because there's a million cats. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's farm stuff. I've had yeah. to go out and pick all the... Now, this was no, not Farming's a, definitely life and death, for sure. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's... Yeah, I'd put you... I mean, that's a, kind of a fantasy of mine. I know we're getting in weird territory here. We've had enough beers. But, like, I do want to just, like... I want to get a farm that's not in any kind of government jurisdiction and mm-hmm. just live the rest of my life that's kind of what my uh, brother-in-law did <laughs> that's awesome police officers were like 25 30 years oh, yeah. deep nights in the city like his last maybe 10 years he went into being a detective but he was done with the city after that he, yeah. he went rural oklahoma uh, he's got cows i didn't know chickens. he moved i didn't know he moved to oklahoma oh, yeah, yeah how far is he from the, the parents uh he's an hour from from his parents okay. three hours from us i think is, is the, yeah yeah okay but yeah, it's, that's what he did. He's got cows and chickens and goats and a, a huge pond, like a government created pond or something like that. They they manage and government stock and everything. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the reason for it, but at some point the government like went around making ponds and I don't I don't know what for. Not like ponds, like lakes or reservoirs. I guess is what they were. Like little bitty ones, just like no, they're, they're, it's oh, a big. good size, okay. and it feeds into it feeds from a creek and out to another creek or something like that. And I guess okay. creek and river depends. Oh, on the size. it's probably um, flood management ponds. Maybe yep. I don't know, but yep. it was, it, all I know is that it was set up by the government, created by the government, and they stock it. Yeah, and it it exists. Okay. It's an ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we uh, wrap, not that we have to wrap right now, but I don't really have much. Um, this guy, um, so this is posted on our Slack. I guess this is, I don't know how I didn't find out about this guy because his, like, uh, 
satirical sarcasm or whatever about Salesforce is like kind of right up my alley. But did you see these videos that um, were posted in our Slack a couple of days ago, yesterday? I actually haven't checked Slack Oh my in gosh. A while. Okay, so and I, and I don't have any ability to play these. Um, oh my gosh. Where's, where's our Slack? Uh, so he his most recent thing, I, well, I don't know if it's the most recent, but it's great. It's like a three minute, extremely South Park esque sketch. Did an amazing job. And it's called We Need a New Mascot. And it's like Benioff. And like people are telling them the way they need they need a new mascot for something. And it's great. And then I started I looking through that. this guy's this guy's YouTube channel and he's doing all kinds of fun stuff. All these like just um uh spoofs or whatever. I can't, I didn't know what to call them. But anyway, his <laughs> name is I don't know how to pronounce it, Ike Wag, W A G H. And we will definitely link his YouTube channel and this is required watching. It's guys hilarious. <laughs> He also has a ton of, like, sincere videos, which I don't find near as interesting because they're, like, um, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some, some good content. I'm not, not saying there's not. But um, they're, like, he's got, like, a whole series on Salesforce best practices. <laughs> but he also has some parodies of, like, Salesforce best practices as well. So <laughs> I can't tell if he's, like, po- that's actually the that's actually the sign of great comedy or great sarcasm when you, yeah. you it's hard to tell whether yeah <laughs> it's sarcasm or not. But he's got like you know just he's he's great at video and I don't know who did this illustration this I don't know if that was him if he did this animation of this South Park style it is amazing I freaking <laughs> nailed it. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I do see it in the Slack now. It's in general. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's another one. This is five months ago. The real consultants of Salesforce. Like the real housewives <laughs> or whatever. I mean, this is, yeah, he's got like a spoof. It's like breaking news, Salesforce politics. And it's like, it looks like this newsroom. And they've got, it's like a, it's like a, a, a two, two up, uh, two talking heads, you know, and different, yeah. and, and, a, and like an, on a news studio. It's like, this guy's amazing, man. This is awesome. If this is the kind of stuff, like, if I had the time, I would do. So good, good on him. I yeah. wanted to. And, he, and also, like, he's got some amazing videos from, like, five months ago that have, like, 60 likes. Huh. I'm like, y'all need to go hit the like button. Yeah. What do they call it? Smash the... Smash the smash like. Smash it. Hit that... I subscribe. Yeah, I would, I would recommend uh, subscribing this guy. Comment below. Like and subscribe. And he's know. got one as a parody on... Um, this. Oh, well, it's not even a parody. It's just he's got a video about how the Salesforce certification system is so broke. Oh, yeah. Is it broken? Broken, I guess. Broken, yeah. yeah. He's got a, a bad lip reading of Dreamforce 2022. <laughs> 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 it's good stuff. It's, it's funny. You know. We, we find this guy. And we're all about the comic relief, yeah. if anything, in this community, right? We're yeah. all about the comic relief. Yeah, absolutely. I got to check those out. All right, yeah, let's wrap it up. Okay. I don't have really have anything new or major that, other than what we talked about, and I could go on about some other stuff, but I think I'm ready for this to be done so I can uh, cool. take a break, maybe have a last beer before heading home. Sounds good. All right. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Oh, smash yeah, that's the right. like button. Yeah, smash the like button. Uh, <laughs> smash all the buttons. I haven't had any reviews in a while. Yeah, nice. yeah that's like, you can always leave us reviews. I don't think we've had reviews in forever. Actually, just email us because I don't even think I pay for the review service anymore. Yeah, that's good. So. Um, yeah, info at goodacerpodcast.com. Uh, sticker requests, um, topics, 
complaints uh, the complaints get automatically forwarded to John so that's fine I, I read them complaints go to John at gooddayserpodcast.com I read them and I cry at night and, <laughs> you know yeah, so, they are hurt. We should start a GoFundMe for our therapy bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to and, that, <laughs> I was going to say, and, and to that, what do you say, John? Good day, sir. <laughs> you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Stuff crust cheeses. What a gimmick. That is such a gimmick. I can't stand them. Subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.